Welcome to this edition of Real EMS Podcast. I'm Jim Karish, your host. Today we're broadcasting from Gardena, California at AmbuServe Ambulance. With me, I have Janice Wilcox, our training EMS educator, Desi Stewart, a new recruit in our class, and April Mercado. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about their experience in training and how they got to AmbuServe and a little bit about... Uh, a little bit about their history in EMS and what their goals are. This is an introduction to the latest recruits at AmbuServe Ambulance. Janice, can you tell me a little bit about your role here at AmbuServe Ambulance? You've been here for a while and you've done several things. You're still an EMT. Talk about your EMT school, how you um, decided to get, you actually changed careers, a little bit about what you did in the former life, and then uh, what you're doing today here at AmbuServe. Okay. Well, I went to EMT school at uh, Los Angeles Harbor College about 10, 11 years ago, and that was a great class. Uh, I really enjoyed it. After I finished that, I took the National Registry exam, and then I started looking for work, and I ended up here at AmbuServe. And uh, I actually became an EMT at age 52. And uh, I started working here. Many different jobs. I ran calls on ambulances for about three years. And uh, then Melissa had me come in and work for her doing uh, Medicare appeals. And uh, I did pretty good with that. So I moved on to a few other jobs. I've done quality assurance here. Um, I worked the front desk. I worked human resources here for five years. And uh, then about four or five months ago, I became the trainer. So that's what I'm doing now. And I've kept up my EMT all this time. How did you first start out in EMS and, and where did you come from in your career-wise? I started off as like a secretary and an admin assistant. I worked for an aerospace company for nine years. That was TRW, which doesn't exist anymore. It got bought out by... Northrop Grumman, but I worked on classified projects there for many years. And then I got into entertainment and I worked for Paramount Pictures and Republic Pictures. And um, then I went back to college and I got a degree in television production. <laughs> and I worked for uh, E! Entertainment Television. I worked on the Bold and the Beautiful soap opera and uh, worked in television for a little while, um, but it wasn't enough money at the time. I was actually making more money doing administrative work, so I went back to that. Uh, worked at U.S. Trust, which is like a bank for rich people. <laughs> I worked for a security guard company and a few other... Play time Warner Cable was another one. Anyway, then I moved to Northern California. I was there for a year, came back to help take care of my elderly parents, was unemployed for several years, <laughs> could get anything. And that's when I decided to get into healthcare. And so I thought, well, what's a good entry level healthcare position? And so that's when I decided to take the EMT class after uh, talking to various people. And I decided to go for it, and I did. And <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that. You know, it's it's kind of cool. Some people have worked with you for several years, and they don't know uh, kind of 
how you got here and some of your past experiences. So it's always nice to learn more about folks you work with. And then some of the newest folks on our team, we'll start over here on this side of the table. April Mercado, tell us a little bit about how you ended up um, deciding to go into the field of EMS and, and where you went to EMT school and your past EMS experiences. Hi, so um, I had been told by a counselor at Bakersfield College that I wanted to do the EMT program, that it was something um, very quick to do while I was waiting for a radiology program. I kind of brushed it off. At the time, I was working uh, quality control for a beverage company down in Bakersfield, and um, um, some 18-year-old got his finger stuck in between two earth magnets, and it crushed his finger. <laughs> so... Um, I, I I just remember how I responded to that. Um, I was in the lab. Um, it was just me and some other person, and everyone was panicking, and I remember I just reacted. I brought him over to the golf cart, because that's what we had to move around, and I took him to get first aid. But I remember after that, I kind of did feel like, wow, like this is so this is so exciting. I want to keep keep doing this. And so I applied to the hall program, um, and they sponsored me, and I became an EMT through them. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed it, and I hope to keep um, growing in this field, become a medic, maybe a nurse or an RT later on. How did you end up deciding to come down south here to Ambuserve? So Hall sends me frequently over here to Los Angeles. Um, unfortunately, in in Kern County, EMTs don't make as much as LA County EMTs make, and even then. There's still work to be done there. So yeah, I decided to just come over here. I'm sent over here and may as well work over here and get paid a little bit better to do what I love to do. That's awesome. And uh, Hall Ambulance is a great provider. They, they're well-respected. I think they were founded in 1971. And um, I knew Harvey Hall very well and very um, fond of Harvey. But, you know, it is uh, a challenging industry and in Kern County, what I know about that market is it does have a high Medi-Cal population, and therefore, um, to try to pay competitive wages to more urban areas such as Los Angeles can be challenging. They've done a great job there, but they they know that there's work to be done as well, and they've been a part of this coalition and and helping. So, um, do you plan on returning to Kern County, or are you going to relocate here to LA? I really love like all the diversity that Los Angeles offers. Um, I think I would really love to relocate out here. Great. Well, thank you so much. We have more for you, but uh, we'll we'll uh, move on down the table. And uh, Desi Stewart, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you uh, decided to get into EMS. Hi, good afternoon. So it's quite a story. So I, growing up, I just never kind of realized that EMS was even a thing. I just, I, it never phased me that people were on ambulances and fire trucks and, you know, police cars doing that job and getting paid for it. It just never crossed my mind. And I was always a straight A student growing up, um, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school. I was, you know, top of the class. You know, I even got paid to go to a private university. They actually paid me to go to school for them um, and they would cut me checks. And I went to like a private college for chemical engineering because um, I loved chemistry growing up. Give the college a shout out. <laughs> Way to go, Christian Brothers University. Memphis, Tennessee, represent. <laughs> um, but after a year of going to school for them, I realized that is not where my heart's at. I just, I, I didn't feel like myself. 
And so I was considering dropping out and I was just completely lost. I was in a very dark place. I didn't know who I was anymore, what I'd love to do. So I opened up to my parents about it, which was very difficult for me to do. Um, and my parents were very supportive. And my dad, he actually used to be a fire chief. Um, and he used to be an EMT back in his good old days. Um, and so he told me, he said, well, you're always watching, you know, medical dramas and TV shows. Why don't you think about, you know, going on an ambulance and, you know, doing a few rides and seeing what you think? Um, and a light bulb just went off. And so I just, sorry, I immediately, uh, started looking into it and, uh, I didn't know what the process was at all. I just thought, you know, I would just show up to, you know, an ambulance company and get on and start working. And I showed up with a little application and they said, oh, like, do you have your license? And I said, no, what's that? <laughs> um, so I went to school, um, EMT school. I went in Tennessee um, and it was only... What school? I went to a Southwest Community. Um, I did one semester and got my basic EMT license. Um, and then I immediately started working for a private service called Acadian Ambulance. Uh, worked there for a few years and went back to school back at Southwest and got my advanced EMT, uh, which is, you know, something we do in the South and uh, worked for a couple more years. And I actually moved about an hour outside of Memphis and started working for a rural 911 county, um, Hardeman County, and that's based out of Bolivar, Tennessee. And I got to run 911 calls and I just, I felt like myself again. I found myself and I was so happy. Um, and then I went through another rough patch in my life. Um, so I took a solo trip out to LA a couple summers ago and I realized, wow, uh, you know, I miss the West Coast. I used to live, you know, in California several years, several years ago, about 10 years ago. Um, so I did some research and I was like, okay, well, they don't have advanced EMT out here. It's only EMT and paramedic. So I either get demoted back to an EMT or I go get my paramedic license and come out here and start working. So that's exactly what I did. Went back to Tennessee and uh, did a year of paramedic school at Jackson State University. Um, got my license and immediately started getting online and looking at you know jobs out in the LA area. And I found AmbuServe and Melissa reached out to me and you know been a home stretch ever since. And I've loved it. You know, I can't help but ask, the contrast between the rural service, mm -hmm. Acadian, and just a little glimpse of AmbuServe, um, for our folks that may not have worked outside of Los Angeles, can you share a little bit about the just the general impressions between the three? Oh, man, it's so different. Working with Acadian, I've done several, like, strike team deployments with them going, you know, down to New Orleans, Texas. And, you know, I've done some out-of-state transports for them out to, like, Chicago, you know, the Carolinas, and it's been really cool. Memphis isn't much different than L.A. You know, you have hospitals within five minutes of each other. Um, however, uh, being in a rural county, it might take you 30, 45 minutes to get to somebody's house who called 911 for their emergency, let alone another hour and a half, two-hour transport to the nearest hospital that's, you know, appropriate for them. So you really have to stay on top of your skills and you have to know your stuff and you have to know what to look out for during those transports. Those long transport times where there isn't any other hospital to divert to is a whole different set of circumstances than we uh, experience here having a hospital in every corner for sure. 
I got to work in Texas for a couple of years, and that's where I came in contract, contact with the Acadian Ambulance. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for just for our folks here, Acadian Ambulance is a very unique ambulance service in that it now serves in like six states, originated out of Louisiana, uh, 1971, I believe, also for, current, uh, for, uh, for Acadian. And uh, the original owners that started the company retired and sold the company to the employees. It is an ESOP, an employee-owned uh, stock purchase company. So the employees own it and are the, the managers uh, all work for the employees, which is really cool. And they have done an amazing job at growing the company. They have an air ambulance service. They, have, they, they work the Gulf and they work all the oil rigs out there and provide the EMS care out on the rigs. They have an EMS division, and they build their own ambulances. It's an amazing organization and, and another well-respected organization, as is Hall. Well, thank you for that. April, similar question. You got to work the car at Hall. What was a typical day for you like? Did you work in Bakersfield, or did you work out in the outlying stations? I did both. Yeah, yeah I've done both. If you want to get a, a feel for everything, like in, in one go, Hall uh, is a good place to start. Yeah, they do the 911s, and that's what that's what we would run. EMTs out there were so understaffed that they, um, they will run ALS calls occasionally. It's very common. What was a typical shift like? If you, let's say you worked outside of Bakersfield, like I don't know if you ever worked on the uh, East End. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. So, yeah, usually when I had to work shifts out there, there were either 24 or 48-hour shifts. Um, we'd stay in a station, yeah, and we just waited for a call to to just arrive. We'd do our regular vehicle inspections, and, um, yeah, you'd be sleeping, and then you would just hear a ding, a light turn on. You have to hurry and get out and respond to the call. I do believe that we get more uncommon calls out there, like like snake bites or... Like the wind is so strong out in the desert that sometimes, you know, you'll have vehicle rollovers, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting to get the less common things that people see. And the system there is uh, EMT paramedic. So you were the driver for your paramedic. Is that right? Mm -hmm. At times, yes, I was. And how were you uh, being able to uh, navigate the different areas of, you know, pretty good sized county? Was that challenging with the weather conditions and things there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, we rely a lot on the GPS system, um, the map system to get to get everywhere. And then how about the training there? They had a pretty good uh, training program. Did you like the training? Oh, yeah. The training was, I, I felt like they really allowed you to focus on your work. They don't really put you on any shifts. They They allow you to focus on what you're learning. And then I would imagine that Acadian had a good training program as well. They did. You know, they always advocated and supported you going back to school and, you know, furthering your education, you know, especially if it were to help them with their staffing. And Acadian, we did 12-hour shifts. We did a 2-2-3 schedule. Um, so, you know, you had adequate time to go to school, get some time off, study, do any kind of clinical rotations that you have to do for school. Um, and they were very, very helpful with you with their school. So now we'll turn it back over here to Janice. Tell us a little bit about kind of how our training here at AmbuServe is structured and kind of what these folks are going through. Uh, for those that may not, you know, work for us but are listening to the podcast, kind of what uh, what the game plan is for, for their training. 
Well, a lot of the stuff that we go over is a little bit of a rehash of EMT school, just kind of a refresher. Although some things are kind of California specific, since EMT schools kind of teach you the, the national way of, of doing things. But you know, California has a lot of specificness uh, in regard to medical things. And then also, so does LA County, even more specific, and then even Ambuser specific. So um, we kind of go over those things. Our training here is usually four days, and we pretty much fill up the day going over different things. We do documentation. There's documentation class, which we had earlier today. So you know what to write on your patient care reports. And we did restraints, uh, talking about that. Mapping, which is really a thing these days because a lot of the younger people, they haven't used maps. They've got, you know, their cell phones and GPSs and they're not really familiar with maps. So we spent some time <laughs> going over the good old Thomas Guide. And um, let's see, what else did we do yesterday? We did hazmat. We did hazardous materials and incident command. Yesterday we did the dispatch course about how to, you know, do your radio uh, reports and things like that. And then coming up, we're going to review patient lifting and gurney operations, although that is going to need to change because we just got a bunch of new gurneys, motorized. <laughs> have you seen the new Power Pros? I have. Um, so that's actually what we use mainly down in Tennessee. Um, I have, I'm not going to lie, I have very little experience with <laughs> manuals. I think the only time I've used them is in school whenever, like, you know, we do scenarios in class and whatnot. Did you guys have them up at Hall, the Power Pros? Yeah, yeah, those are the ones I'm familiar with. <laughs> they're they're new to us, but we're sure excited about them. And so, yeah, I know they're working on the. I think Damien's helping you with that. Yeah. Uh, change for the training. Yeah. And then uh, they'll after they finish, I know they're going to spend some time with Scott mm -hmm. Buck Tomorrow. and do the one on one. So that both of you have to do it, even as a medic. And then after you're done with the classroom time. They're each going to get assigned in a field training officer. Is that the next step? Yeah. After they're done with us, yes. Then the field training comes and the driver training. And are both of you going to work here at Gardena? I am, yes. Yeah. Desi, let me ask you a question. As a paramedic coming to California from Tennessee, what did you have to do as far as reprocity to become licensed and accredited here in California and then also specifically the county of Los Angeles? Mm -hmm. So I had to create an online profile with the California EMS website, and there are several documents that you do need to get filled out and get put onto the website and then send that off to the state of California. Do you need pretty much written permission from the state of Tennessee or whatever state you're coming from that gives you permission saying, you know, you haven't had any issues with your, you know, licensures in the past or anything like that, um, and it takes, you know, several weeks possibly several months for your uh, license to come in, uh, just depending on how busy the state is. Uh, it's it's really not difficult. You just have to make sure that, you know, all your I's are dotted and all your T's are crossed. But, you know, one step at a time. Got to get it done. <laughs> I have to ask you this. April, did you uh, know that we're doing strike teams back up into Kern County? Yeah, that's really exciting. If you get the opportunity, would you go back and Go run a few calls up in your old neck of the woods. Definitely. I love 911 calls. Those are my favorite. Definitely. And then, Desi, how about you? Would you uh, want to go on a strike team up there? In a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs>
the other thing that's happening here in Los Angeles, which uh, I, I've been an EMT for over 40 years, and most of my time has been, I started in Los Angeles County, and I've worked up and down the state and over in Texas. and But here in L.A. County, there was a lot of pride in the fact that most ambulance services were always able to handle their area. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, we would do backup for each other. But rarely did we ever have to go outside of of really that core group. And in in the old days, they referred to the ambulance operators that ran 911, it was pre-911, it was emergency, um, used to call them police calls, um, that ran the police calls, was they called them the Sweet 16. There were 16 providers that provided service throughout LA County for the police calls. And so today, with uh, really starting with COVID, they're no longer able to handle their areas. There is not a EOA in this county that's operated by the contractors of the LA County EMS agency that are able to do it without help. And so for the first time in my career, I saw outside EMS providers come into Los Angeles County to supplement our 911 services at the beginning of the pandemic. That was astonishing. Then we started going outside of the county. Now it's become very routine that non-contracted 911 providers are built into the system every day. And Melissa's been really good, and she gives sometimes up to four ambulances between our companies into the 911 um, zones. And and if you think about it, we are, are doing our part for our community because, yes, we get paid for those services, but it also means we may have to cut back a little bit on our core business in order to do that. And, and so she allows us to help out um, really uh, as a way to give back to the community. And, and I know that the EMTs and paramedics in our field units like to run those calls. So that's another opportunity. We, we do that for McCormick Ambulance in the South Bay and up in West Hollywood. We also do it for Care Ambulance, and we're contracted with AMR, and uh, we um, offer them backup. And down in Orange County, same thing, Doctor's Ambulance and Emergency Ambulance, as well as Care Ambulance down there. So there's some opportunities for for folks to run those emergency calls, and, and would you each be interested in doing that if you could? 100%, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I know you really haven't seen much of the equipment, um, but what few uh, ambulances you've seen here at station and the gurneys and the station itself, would you recommend this is a potential employer to anyone thinking about coming to work uh, in the MS industry here in L.A. County? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think my favorite part, of this company that I've noticed. Um, I have interviewed with other companies. The growth that's promoted here, um, you're you're very much encouraged to grow as a person. They don't want you to stay in an entry-level position. They really do want you to grow, and it's supported within the company. And also the training, they do go in-depth with what goes on the PCRs and restraints and other things that I feel that other people should also focus in on. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I might add that you know, even though I've only been in the state for two days, I can already see that this company itself has grown so much so quickly. And I think that's all because of Melissa and all the help she's had. And, you know, seeing all the new equipment that's coming in and all the plans that they have for the next several months, you know, next couple of years. I mean, you know, it's only up from here, in my opinion. And then I'll just, for perspective, can you contrast what it what it's like on a typical day today at Ambuserve and where it came from when you first walked in the door a few years ago. Oh boy. (laughs) 
Yeah, this is a completely new company, it seems like to me. It's all changed over. I mean, gosh, Melissa, you're like the only person (laughs) still here from when I started almost. Uh, There's just like a handful of us. There's been so much growth. It's been wonderful. Uh, You know, we were like a smaller ambulance company before, and uh, things really started to change when we uh, bought Shoreline. And... um, watching them grow and, you know, kind of incorporating some of their things. They incorporated some of our things and uh, we really kind of grew together. And then uh, RSI came along and, you know, we got some of their really good management, you know, like Scott Buck and um, some other people. And uh, it's really, can really see that the quality has just risen and risen and risen. And, you know, now here we are in this glorious conference room. (laughs) Uh, It's just amazing. The whole place looks great. And um, it's, it's wonderful to be working here. And I'm, I'm really glad that I'm still here. (laughs) You know, uh, when companies merge and acquisitions blend cultures, it's a challenge to uh, get everyone to play on the same team. There's a lot of uh, fiefdoms in between companies and even factions within companies and I am just astonished at how well this group has blended. We, I'm really excited to be a part of picking out the best practices from each of the groups. I'm one of the few that get to go around each of the operations and interact with their managers and and so I love to hear what they think and and the things they're proud of and we try to grab what we can and, and share it with the others and it's been really fun, you know. The the other thing that's happened since I've been here is I'm going to be on my um, sixth year here in a few months, and uh, you know the 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 patches have changed, the, the unit colors have changed, the branding has changed, but yet there's still a familiarity in all of it. And in most cases, we drew upon the original foundings of each company, and in their colors and in the way their ambulances are painted. It all harkens back to those original owners, and specifically Medic One, RSI, and, and Shoreline. And even Ambuserve, with its update, it still paid homage to the paint scheme itself. Um, the colors change, but the, the style remained the same. And uh, in the patch, same thing. We updated the patch, but it's still the same patch. You can see on, on Genesis, that's the original patch. And, and so that's something that I think as a management team we're doing good, which is to remember your past, where you came from, and let that guide you into the future. So I'm just excited that you're here with us on your time on this journey. Thank you so much. I hope you really enjoy your time with us at Ambuserve. Your contributions today and tomorrow are greatly appreciated. And I'll, I'll turn to each of you for just one last final comment. If you have anything you want to say, now's your time. Thank you, Jim. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to um, see see where this takes me. Um, I, I feel like this is a good place for me right now to grow. Yeah, thank you so much for having us today. This has been quite an experience. Um, you know, I know, like I said, I've only been here for two days, but I already feel right at home. Like, you know, I was kind of, you know, worried about how, you know, people would treat me from being out of town and stuff, but I feel very welcomed and accepted here. So thank you. I enjoy meeting all the new people as they come through, and it's exciting to see how they grow once they're here and they start running calls and stuff, and uh, really enjoying what I'm doing. Can I say one thing I'm so excited about? 
is when I started my career here in 2000, I had maybe 10%, if I was lucky, that were females. And I am so excited that 23 years later that I employ more females than ever. <laughs> we have probably over 65% of all the women, all good-looking women too, and strong <laughs> work for me. And I'm very proud of that. And that is such an empowering thing too. Yeah, I'm probably not the one to lead that discussion, <laughs> but I respect it. Uh, thanks so much, Melissa. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Thank you all very much. This is Jim Karras. Thanks for joining us here on Real EMS Podcast. Until next time, keep it safe, have fun, and always roll with pride. The Real EMS Podcast is a production of TKG Media Works on behalf of AmbuServe Ambulance. This show is produced, directed, and hosted by Jim Karras. The music in this episode was created by Holizna CC0. The opening music title is Back in the 80s, and the closing music title is 50 Over the Speed Limit. The comments and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinion or position of AmbiServe Ambulance. Please follow our show on your favorite listening platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on your smart speaker. We would appreciate it if you would please rate and review our show so more folks can hear the stories of our amazing EMS heroes. Media Works.